Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the next episode of the Chase McAndrew Podcast. I'm your host, Chase McAndrew, and today I'm here to talk about the eighth movie in this franchise. It's it, I'm honestly shocked we've made it to the eighth movie in this franchise. That is absolutely absurd to me. Wow. Number eight. We're already on Live and Let Die. The first movie in the franchise to star Roger Moore. And I think the Moore era is where I believe a lot of Bond fans who are my parents' age and my uncles and aunts' age, I think these are the movies that really got them into the James Bond franchise. Whether it was this movie or the next couple movies in the franchise that got them into this franchise. This is the this is probably the most important era in the Bond franchise, to be honest with you. If you really, really think about it, because I I mean after after Connery had left again you were like, where are they going to take this franchise? And basically it reinvented the franchise. It, it, it brought a level of humor, more humor to the franchise. It brought, a, it brought a, a level of camp to the franchise. It brought a more, more family-friendly aspect to the franchise. Which we'll get to that later on in the franchise with me. Um, so anyway, Live and Let Die is directed by Guy Hamilton, produced by Harry Saltzman and Cubby Broccoli. is It's written by Tom Mank- Mankiewicz, who wrote, um, who co-wrote the last film, Diamonds Are Forever. And by the way, this is what many fans in the franchise dub. The Mankiewicz Trilogy. Diamonds Are Forever, uh, Live and Let Die, and then uh, The Man with the Golden Gun, because they are all either written or co-written by Tom Mankiewicz. And he did a couple other, like, drafts, or, like, edits, I guess is what you would call them. Um, or or not, not edits, but, like, 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 um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like, like, just quick fixes on the scripts and a couple of the other more era films, but anyway, this is the Mankiewicz, this is the second in the Mankiewicz trilogy, I forgot to say that in the Diamonds Are Forever, uh, review, um, but I didn't really want to talk too much about that movie, but that's okay. So anyway, and then this movie, this movie is also based on the book Live and Let Die by Ian Fleming. Um, it stars Roger Moore as Bond in his first, um, in his first movie, like I said, as Bond. Uh, Yafet Koto as uh, Dr. Kananga. Um, he is a, 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 Prime Minister of a uh, Caribbean island, and he is a very, very good villain. I think. I think honestly, I think he's actually an underrated villain. 
I think Yafit Koda brings enough menace and weirdness and craziness and fun to the role. I mean, the guy clearly is having a lot of fun in the in in this role. He is clearly having a lot of fun in this role. Uh, Jane Seymour as our Bond girl, uh, Solitaire. She is Kananga's uh, sidekick and the love interest for Bond in this film. Um, Jane Seymour, even now, is one of the most attractive women on this planet. I think she's like 72, 73 years old, some, something like that. And she is still gorgeous. And, I mean, yeah, she's... She's nice to look at. I'll say that. And she's actually she's and this is one of her early roles. I know, I I know that. And she's actually very very good in this movie as well. Um. She 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 pulls it off pretty well. The the damsel and not I shouldn't I shouldn't say damsel in distress, but yeah, kind of the damsel in distress meets very naive virgin. I really guess is what I'll say. And then um, uh, David Hedison as Felix Leiter, his first first of two appearances uh, appearances can't say that word appearances. There we go uh, as in the in the in the in this role. Um, I like I really like Hedison. I think he's a good Felix Leiter. I think he's better in the in his second film. He 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 gets more to do in his second film. Um, and here he is good in the role. Um, you have, uh, Julius Harris as Teehee, one of, um, one of Kanega's henchmen who has a mechanical arm and is kind of like a claw arm. It's a really funny, um, it's not funny looking, but it's a really, really funny, um, device that, that that's that's used in this film. He does a pretty good job uh with it, even though you can tell he's basically for the majority of the movie you can tell that he's wearing a um that he's wearing a cover on his hand and that's how it's being but you know that's it's nineteen seventy three. Um you have Gloria Hen Gloria Hendry as Rosie Carver. She's a CIA agent uh, that's teamed up with Bond in the middle of the film. Uh, she's good in the role. The character of Rosie does, isn't exactly some deep character. She's kind of an idiot. But she's a, she's a good enough character, I think. Um, she does her role before she, spoiler alert, uh, gets killed. Uh, and then Jeffrey Holder as uh, Baron Sem Semity, Samity, excuse me. This guy, uh, he's, 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 he's a... He's, he's a dancer, he's an actor, he's a musician, all this stuff. This dude, Jeffrey Holderman, he is having a ball as this character, Baron Samity. I swear, this dude is just... He he is cackling all over the place, he is yelling, he is dancing. It It, it, is, it is quite fun, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. He is, he, is, he is a fun part of this film, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, so let's get into the pre-title sequences, uh, the pre-title the, the pre sequence of this film. You get no Bond in this film, or or, or this pre-title sequence. It's just three British agents being killed, basically. And it's just okay. Um, 
like I said, there it, it, it's not that the no bond thing takes away from it in any way, but it's just it's okay. It sets up the plot of the movie, but it's just okay. Yeah, it's just three agents being killed in twenty four hours, and it's and it just kind of happens. And to be honest with you, that's how I kind of feel about this whole movie. It just happens. And there's really only one big, great action sequence, and that's the boat chase in the middle of uh, Jamaica. Or, no, I think it's actually New Orleans is where this boat, is when the big boat chase happens. There's a couple of chases and stuff like that. But I believe I believe the boat chase is in... Uh, New Orleans, uh, or in or the deep south of of uh, Louisiana. But yeah, this this movie, I don't hate it. I don't particularly think it's a good movie, but it 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 it, it really is just kind of yeah, just kind of there. Um, I will say this though: the opening titles and the opening title song, uh, the of Live and Let Die by um by Paul McCartney and his wife Linda and their band Wings. Oh my god. Top five track in this franchise, top five title song in this franchise. I I mean it's spectacular. It's I mean I I was singing it when it was going when when it was on screen because I was like this is such a nice it's it's such a different track from what we've gotten in the last couple Bond films. But it's awesome. It's Paul McCartney just knows how to make m- music. I mean, for the love of God, the guy was in the Beatles. But yeah, man, it's just... It's, it's such a good track. And the actual title sequence is really cool. You get a lot of creepy um voodoo imagery creepy skulls people people's eyes wide widening while their heads are on fire and all that it's it's a, it's an awesome it's an awesome awesome tight title sequence and 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 a classic and iconic title song and it's one of my favorites of the, both the titles and the and the title song are some of my favorites of this entire franchise um, so let's talk about really quickly the man himself, Roger Moore in his first Bond movie. Let's talk. About, let's talk about him as Bond in general. Like I said a little earlier, I I should say I hinted to it earlier. I'm not. I liked these films as a kid. I liked these films as a kid. As I've gotten older, I've come to. I've come to kind of lean more to, I've come to lean more towards the more grounded and realistic in spy movies in this franchise than the Roger Moore films. I'm not a huge fan of this era. It it is a little jokey. This one's not as much, but Roger Moore has always been I don't necessarily think there's a bad Bond in the franchise. But I would say that Moore is probably my least favorite. 
I still think he's good though because he his biggest thing is his charm. Roger Moore is not Sean Connery. He is a gentleman. He is a he will charm you to death. He will he will he he will charm a woman way way before he hits them or tries to beat them up. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just I like it when Bond is a little more serious and a little more not not that Sean Connery wasn't charming, not that other Bonds aren't charming. But I really I have fun with Roger Roger Moore performance in these movies. He really knows how to charm people. He really knows how to have fun in these roles, in, in this role. And he's not required to do a whole lot of acting most of the time, like deep acting. But for the most part, yeah, he's good as Bond. Um, I will say, though, I always remember. I I, I remember it. I I always remembered this movie, but I for I I had forgotten how this movie um opened with with Bond, and once the title sequence ends, it's this circle and it. Zooms in on this girl's on this girl's face, who's laying on Bond's chest. And it's 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 weird. It like and then it zooms, it zooms in on this girl's. How do I? I'm trying, I'm trying to think how how to say this. Zooms in on this girl, and then zooms out really quickly. And then it just zooms out to Roger Moore and this girl in bed. Which is weird because, for me, all the other Bonds, I think, get a cool introduction. Whether it's the classic, and I think still the best with Connery, uh, talking to uh, Sylvia Trench in Doctor No, and she goes, "I admire your luck, Mister Bond." And or 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 or, or I should say, I I I admire your luck, Mister. And then and then it cuts to him, and he's lighting a cigarette, closes the lighter, and goes, "Bond, James Bond." And it's this one is just Connor, or or uh, is just Roger Moore in bed with the woman. And that's about it. And then he gets a knock on his door from M. And no Q in this film because M does Q's job giving him his gadgets at Bond's own house. Which is interesting. I love, I will say this, I love it when M comes to the door and he basically heads 
right for Bond's bedroom. He can see it. The bed's been slept in. He, that Bond was still sleeping, but he just wants to see if Bond had a girl in bed. I love that. Roger Moore and Bernard Lee pull that scene off so well. They pull it off so so well. It it, it legitimately made me, it legitimately made me laugh, and it was actually very very funny. Excuse me. Sorry. It's something in my, my throat. Hold on. There we go. I'm good. I'm, I'm back. So, uh, M gives Bond, I, I, I should say M and Moneypenny give Bond their, uh, <coughs> excuse me. M and Moneypenny give Bond their, give, M and Moneypenny give Bond his his um his gadgets and and his mission to find out what happened to these three uh killed agents and he and it and it goes from there there and this adventure and like I said it's the opening with Bond and M is pretty funny there's some funny jokes with Bond and M. Or, or, or with Bond and all the Bond and and the, and the henchmen and the and all of his allies and everything, but yeah, this movie's just okay. the The main plot of this film is, and a little spoiler again. This all these reviews are gonna have spoilers in them. In the film, there are two um, bad guys. That seem to be connected somehow. Mr. Big and Dr. Kananga. Mr. Big is a Harlem um, uh, drug dealer, a heroin, uh, heroin dealer. And Dr. Kananga seems is just prime minister of this fictitious uh, place in Jamaica called uh, San Monique. And they're somehow connected. Well, in the middle of the film, you or in the middle of the film, about two thirds of the way through the film, you find out that Mr. Big and Dr. Kananga are the same thing. That and that Mr. Big is just is literally a latex mask of and, and Doc, Dr. Kananga is under that. So and it was always weird because I've been watching this movie as a kid and going, yeah, that's that's the other dude. That's the other, that's the doctor guy. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's, this, this movie, it has an interesting plot. The I, I will say this, I really like the voodoo stuff in this movie. It's really cool, it's really cool to see another culture and an, and another cool side of what these Bond films do so well. And not 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 just showing these locations off, but showing but but showing us what the people in these locations actually do. The the San Monique um, location in Jamaica. They show this place, and it's a it, it, it's it it's voodoo central, man. This it's 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 a fictitious place, but it's still cool to. see see what would go on in if this place was real probably it's cool it's very fun to see 
And Harlem looks awesome as well. Jamaica and Harlem looks look both are cool locations. I wish Bond would go to New York more, to be honest with you. And then you get to New Orleans and the back south of, uh, or the deep south of Louisiana. All three locations of this, all three main locations of this film are awesome. They're gorgeous. They're, the the deep south of Louisiana has, has, I don't think, ever looked cooler to be in. Um, Swamps look awesome. And like I said, that, that, car or, or that boat chase through the swamps and the deep and and the back of Louisiana is a hell of a is a hell of a awesome chase and what what a showcase for not only the stunt people who did all those stunt work all that stunt work with the boats but also did the location scouting just and just how beautiful the back of or the deep south of of Louisiana looks. It's very very cool. So Bond meets up with um, Solitaire early in the film, and he realizes that she is a psychic. She is a virgin. So Bond, being Bond, obviously has to change that because that's just what Bond does. And Solitaire loses her power. Solitaire works for Dr. Kananga. And she is her she is she is his psych her his psychic because she's still a virgin and with these cards she can tell the truth and tell what's going to happen and other things like that. So when Bond actually does sleep with her and she loses her power to tell the future and what else is going to happen. Kananga's like, dude, what the hell? And it's it's pretty funny there for a minute, and then Dr. Kananga gets pissed off, and he you know, threatens to pinch off uh, Bond's pinky with uh, Teehee's uh, mechanical arm claw. But yeah, it's... um. It, that's also a good scene. It's a good scene, but again, this the locations are what's cool to me about this movie. It it gets cool with the locations, but the 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 story is interesting enough. But again, this movie's just kind of there. Uh, it just kind of happens. Another quick uh, or cool tidbit I will say about this movie is the in in the timeline of the books, uh, Live and Let Die um, came out before the Dr. No book. So if you remember in Dr. No, uh, the character of Quarrel, the Caribbean uh, boat captain that Bond takes to uh, Dr. No's Island in that film uh, was killed off in that film uh, because in the book he's killed off in Dr. No as well. In this book, or er, in, er, in, in the Live and Let Die book, it is Quarrel again, but he is still alive because like I said, 
the Live and Let Die book takes Eric came before the, the the Doctor No book. The character of Quarrel is still alive. So what did they do for this film? They just made him Quarrel Jr., which I think is kind of funny to the point where it's like they're actually trying to keep some semblance of continuity in this franchise for the eighth film in this franchise, which is kind of crazy to me. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's It's very weird to see that the Bond films after eight movies are trying to still have continuity, which is, especially back in 1973. That's crazy to me. Um, yeah, I really don't have much more to say. I'm, I'm only going two minutes over from my, uh, from my Diamonds Are Forever review, but that's because this movie's just kind of there. It just kind of happens, and nothing is really spectacular except for that cool boat chase. That's like the beginning of the third act of the film, end of the second, beginning of the third. The the finale on Saint Monique is the voodoo stuff is cool when they're trying to when they try and sacrifice um, uh, Solitaire after he's after after. Uh, after so she's no longer a virgin and all that. They try and sacrifice her, Bond rescues her, then they go down to Kananga's lair and they fight Kananga. It's 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 funny because the majority of the film, the the, the entire film actually, actually uh, Mr. Big, the 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 fake Doctor Kananga with the mask and the latex mask and all that. He's this like crazy Brooklyn or or Harlem sounding guy, and he's just kind of a gangster. And Mister Big or, or, or uh, Doctor Kanenga is this like gentlemanly prime minister billionaire guy. And in the fight scene with Bond, it's it's okay, but it's funny because he tries to stab Bond with a knife and tries to slash him and stuff. And it's funny because. He looks and he stands like he's a gentleman and 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 a and a sophisticated guy, but the, but sometimes when he like like when 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 he's swishing at Bond with the knife and stuff and it's like he's just like erratic with it. It's funny. It's like the cool. It's 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 like the two sides of Doctor Ken Ken Kenegger kind of and kind of merge in in that one fight because he God look it's a little crazy a couple points. Um, yeah, I don't really have much else, really, to be honest with you. Um, I, like I said, this movie just kind of happens. Don't hate it. Not particularly a good, or really a good film, really. It just kind of, it's in the middle. It's right in the middle of my Bond film ranking, um... Yeah, it's a good enough start, I think, for the Roger Moore films. Um, it gets the job done. It's I, I don't think many people love this film. I don't think many pe- people hate this film uh, because I think I think I think there's far far worse than uh, than than 
than than this film in this even in the Roger Moore era. Um, so I'm gonna give this movie. I've been going back and forth between a B minus and a C plus, and I think I'm gonna give this movie a a middle grade of a C plus. It's right in the middle of the A through or the A plus through F scale. I'm gonna give it a C plus. It's not spectacular. It's not a bad movie. It's just kind of in the middle and it's there. So C plus for Live and Let Die. Um, okay, opening titles or or pre-title sequence. Great opening titles and title song. Okay intro to the new Bond. And everything else after that is just kind of also okay until the the cool uh, fight scene to end the second act, to begin the third act. And an underwhelming last, last act action sequence or finale, I guess. So that's it. That's my short review for Live and Let Die, a movie that's there in the Bond franchise. So thank you, thanks, thanks so much, everybody. Have a great rest of your day, and I will see you for the next film, the the ninth film in the franchise, and the second of the Roger Moore era, The Man with the Golden Gun. Thanks for thanks, thanks very much, and have a great rest of your day, guys. Bye.